vow involves a sacrifice and a promise to God. The Bible tells us in James 4 and 8, it says, Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Don't you want to be drawn near to God this morning? Or you just want to be like Peter, you're walking afar off. Right? You don't want to be in the forefront facing the heat. That is why Peter was walking way behind. Do you want to be near God this morning? Well, then I challenge you to incorporate a vow in our prayer and our fasting. A vow is a spoken promise or agreement. It's an individual that is making this. And it's a one-sided promise or agreement. Man making a promise to God. People who had nothing going for them made a vow, and that changed the course of their lives. The psalmist knew when God's people are in trouble, making and fulfilling a vow is the only way out. And he records in Psalms 50, verse 14 and 15, it says, Sacrifice thanks offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Now, when it says fulfill your vows, it means that vows are already made. So now it's time to fulfill the vows, and then, right, God is going to do his part. We do our part, and God is going to do his part. Let's follow Jacob on this journey of a vow. The Bible tells us in Genesis 28, he deceived his brother Esau of the birthright. And the birthright represents position and authority that will come from his father. And his brother was very angry of that. He cheated his brother, if you will. Right? That's Jacob. He cheated his brother Esau. And it was not only him that did it, but he had a co with him. His mother was the, was the one who really plot this thing. Right? He, she loved Jacob. More than Esau, it seems. And she wanted Jacob, the younger brother, to get the blessings. It came a time, his life was in danger. Because he was threatened by Esau, his brother. Right? He had to leave home. And this was encouraged, I guess, by his mother. Right? He had to leave home. And he wasn't a young person at this stage. It says, uh, through research, Jacob was about 77 years old. And he had to go on a journey. His mother encouraged him to go to her brother, which is Jacob's uncle, go to uh, this place, Padan Aram, and go to Laban there. And you're going to spend some time still your brother anger cools off. Right? But it wasn't. An easy journey because for his age, and he was traveling on this journey from southern Israel 
to this place called Paran Aram. It was about 450 miles or maybe more. That's not an easy journey by walking, right? It's like from here to maybe Virginia or North to North Carolina border, somewhere there about. So you can imagine this journey on foot, about 450 miles, right? And you can imagine what you know what would it would entail. He would need food. He would need water. He would need protection as well. Right, traveling on this journey, and the Bible tells us on this journey while he was going there. And by the way, this place was somewhere in Syria, probably or maybe Turkey, but it says mostly in Syria. So from southern Jerusalem to Syria, it's a long journey and maybe a dangerous one as well, too. Right. So on this road he was traveling now, at a certain place, the scripture says in verse eleven. Of Genesis 28, he waited. He waited all night, and remember, he, he didn't have any bed or anything like that. The Bible says he put stones together for a pillow, a hard night rest for him. Right, and while he was there, the Bible says he dreamt, and what he dreamt, a ladder from the earth going up to heaven. And the angels were up and down this ladder, and on the top of this ladder, the Lord stood there, and the Lord spoke to him. Praise God! The Lord spoke to him, and in in verse thirteen, it says, "God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, the land whereon thou." Liest to thee will I give it to thy seed. Moving on, verse fourteen, it says, "Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad west to east, north to south, and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed." And Jacob recognized something. He says, "Surely." The Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Right, and this was all in a dream. Now the Bible tells us, moving on in verse eighteen, it says, "Jacob awaked out of his sleep, rose up, and the stones he had took for a pillow, he set it up for a pillar. Now he made a heap, and he poured oil on it." And that speaks of consecration, an act of consecration, and holy fear of God. And he called that place, he named that place Bethel, meaning the house of God. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, "And Jacob vowed a vow." So we are still in the vow in this situation. God met with him, and he was going to respond now to what God, what God did through the dream. It says in verse twenty of chapter twenty-eight of Genesis, and Jacob vowed a vow, saying, "If God will be with me, keep me in the way I go, 
Give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. So I can come to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Praise God. I mentioned before, it involves in this journey, we can see protection here. He was asking for provision. Praise the Lord. Now, Jacob eventually went on his journey. And he went to his uncle Laban, wherever he was, maybe in Syria. And Jacob lived with his uncle for a number of years. A lot of years elapsed. He married, he got children, and it's time now to head back home because, you know, he didn't want to stay there now. He had a lot of flocks and so forth. He was become, becoming a wealthy person, and he had to move on now to head back home. Praise God. Now, that was about 20 years or so he spent with his uncle. So he had amassed a lot of cattle, a lot of wealth, and a large family now. He was heading back home. Praise God. And the Bible, move, moving forward, in Genesis 33, verse 1, it says, As he was traveling and nearing home, the Bible says, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau, his brother, came, and with him 400 men. When maybe Jacob saw this, maybe fear grabbed him because he knew what he did maybe 20 years ago. But it wasn't like that. The Bible says now in verse 4, 33, And Esau ran to, to meet him, embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. Praise God. After all these years, right? But God fulfilled the vow, what his concern was, so I can go back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be his God. So indeed, right, with all that fear, it melted when his brother came, hugged him, and welcomed him, and they wept. Praise God. So a vow, this vow here is very important. Maybe you never heard about vows, but maybe we do it in a different way. We make a promise, maybe in our heart to, to God, right? Maybe nobody knows, but you are consecrating yourself. You are believing God. You are sacrificing with your promise in your heart to God, and God will honor that too if you're sincere. Praise God. So long as we keep our side of the bargain. Now, people generally don't make vows unless they are in trouble and backed in a corner. Making a vow is a serious, is very serious. Fulfilling your part is crucial. God never forgets vows. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 5.4, when you make a vow, which means we ought to make vows. It's not something out of the ordinary. Don't delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. In other words, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Praise God. I don't know what you're facing today, but in summary of this vow, maybe facing impossible situation or different difficult circumstances, 
a vow can change your situation. And as I mentioned about prayer and fasting, why not include a vow to God? It's a one-sided promise or agreement to God. Praise the Lord. Second vow now. And this is a vow that opened the heavens. Maybe you want your heaven to open. You want God's heaven to open for you. Here is a vow that opened the heaven. And I'm sure we have all heard about Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, it tells us that Hannah was barren and was being provoked by her relative, maybe those around, because of her barrenness. And it's not easy in those days uh, to be in this condition. A woman would get depressed and will feel maybe ashamed, especially if people is going to make comments or so forth like that. And the Bible tells us year after year, Hannah and her husband went to Shiloh to worship and to make sacrifice. Seems like this was the main worship center in the city. And it tells us in verse 10 of 1 Samuel 1, this particular year, Hannah was in bitterness of soul. She prayed unto God and wept sore when she went up to make her sacrifice. Hannah was extremely in distress. But this year, she decided to introduce a vow. Praise God. It says in verse 11, She vowed a vow and said unto God, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and give thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give the Lord Give unto the Lord, give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. Praise God. And Hannah continued praying, and it says she was pouring out her heart to the Lord. Even the priests in this situation here didn't understand her, didn't recognize what she was doing. Right? She was praying, her lips were moving, and no words were coming out. And the priest thought she was drunk. And she said, he said, how long will you be drunk, lady? But she said, my Lord, I'm in bitterness of soul. I'm pouring out to the Lord. And the Bible says, the Lord remembers. She went home and maybe the next day or whatever, it says in verse 19, the Lord remember her. And verse 20, she conceived and bare a son, Samuel. Right? Meaning, God has heard. Praise God. So here we see, through a vow, God came through. A vow, a serious situation demands a serious approach. It was not a common vow. It was a vow of destiny. The moment we vow, the moment the vow was made, something happened, it seems. Praise God. Believers, when we take our stand for God... God is going to make a way for us. He's going to create a way for us. He's going to deliver us out of the storm, out of the financial situation, out of that sick condition, whatever we might be in. Our God is the same. He is able. And the Bible says, you know, make it short, you know, Daniel came out and the king wrote 
he made some laws now, right? Um, this is in chapter 6. It says, in, he issued a decree now. He says, I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. And the decree went on. I don't have the time to go into all of that, right? But the, this uh, king, uh, pagan king, recognized the God of Daniel. Praise God. And we don't realize sometimes this God we are serving. He is the real God. He is the true God, the living God. He is the powerful God. Praise God. So don't compromise your God. Take your stand for God. And God is going to stand for you. Praise God. He's going to come through for you. Praise God. I can speak of that because I have proved him. A lot of times, God came through. When job closes, and it seems, I don't know how I'm going to take care of certain, you know, business, certain things. God came through for me. And oh Lord, God is so faithful. I look back at my life many years and see how God comes through many times. It's not that I am perfect. I didn't make mistakes. I messed up at times. But somehow God came through. I went through pain after wrong decisions and so forth. But God in the end, the scripture says, all things are working together for the good to them that love God. Do you love God this morning? You might be suffering. You might be going through painful situation. But God loves you too. If you love God, He is going to come through for you. He loves us all, regardless if you love Him or not. But if we are faithful to Him, right? If we come through for Him with our vows, with our commitment, God is going to come through for you this morning, brethren. So keep your faith high. Move forward, as I mentioned in the beginning, right? Be consistent and continuous moving forward in 2024. Good things are in store and God is going to bless you and your household and God is going to bless Gateway. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can we put our hands together in appreciation for the word that we heard today? I, I appreciate... Uh, uh, Minister Kapil and my wife for stepping in and preaching last Sunday and this Sunday uh, for me. As uh, all of you know, I went through a medical procedure and uh, so I had to take it easy for a few days. Um, but next Sunday I will be preaching, okay? <laughs> I cannot wait too long. <laughs> so I'll be preaching next Sunday. So, um, but I'm glad, and, and Minister Kapil is a Bible teacher. You can hear that in his presentation, right? He's the one who takes Bible class on Friday nights. He's the one who takes the Bible class. And uh, so after this week of prayer, when we restart our Bible class and youth meetings, every Friday there will be Bible class here. So let's continue with that. Now, I just want to take a minute to do, say uh, something. A wow is where God allows you to use the word if. You can say, that, that's where God allows you to say, that, Lord, if you will do this for me, I will do this for you. That's exactly what uh, Jacob did at the end of Genesis chapter 28. 
Can I just read that to you? Okay, uh, to these two verses. See verse 20, Genesis chapter 28, verse 20 to 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. So, this is where God allows you to use the word if. So, when he was encouraging you to make a vow, as part of uh, this week of prayer that we are having in our chapel, so you can say, Lord, I don't know your situation, whatever is your situation. And you can say, Lord, if you take care of this particular situation in my life, then I will do this for you. And that's a personal contract that you are entering with God. And God will honor that contract. You know, you go move away from chapter 28 all the way to 35. When Jacob was coming back, Jacob actually had to run away from a place in the middle of the night. But when nobody wanted to, you know, even show any mercy to him because his children ended up killing the people in that community. So this man is running away in his old age. But you know what? God appeared to him that night and said, uh, nobody wants to see you. Nobody wants to give you time of day. But I am still with you. Why? Because we entered into a contract in, uh, in chapter 28. And I promise to you, wherever you go, whatever you go through, I'll be with you and bring you back safe. So your personal contract with God is meaningful and it's valid and God will honor that. So you don't even have to wait for tomorrow night's prayer meeting to enter into a personal contract with God. You can do that right here, right now. And whatever is the situation in your life, bring that before God and say, Lord, if you will take care of this situation in my life, then I will do this for you.